the first mindfulness training, reverence for life. Aware of the suffering caused by the destruction of life, I am committed to cultivating the insight of interbeing and compassion and learning ways to protect the lives of people, animals, plants, and minerals. I am determined not to kill, not to let others kill, and not to support any act of killing in the world, in my thinking, or in my way of life. Seeing that harmful actions arise from anger, greed, fear, and intolerance, which in turn come from dualistic and discriminative thinking, I will cultivate openness, non-discrimination, and non-attachment to views in order to transform violence, fanaticism, and dogmatism in myself and in the world. Shift your position so you're not doing the head twist thing the whole time. Uh, Feel free to do that. Thank you. Sorry. Giving everyone permission to move. Um, And I spoke about my newfound fascination for bugs and respect for insect life. And it's such a joy to speak about it again. Um, This year, I've been really focusing my practice on respect and um, awareness of animal lives. But it allows me to see how, just as our introduction says how our my practice changes and deepens over time and when I come back around to it um, I can kind of come at it from a different angle Um, and I'm happy to say that um, I'm still rescuing the lives of spiders and bugs and um, that's a practice I've continued on Um, and now I'm like oh that was just a year ago it feels like an old practice um And part of the reason I want to focus um, tonight um, on talking about the lives of animals is because it's my perception and judgment of the five trainings that um, this one is really the only one that really um, speaks to the lives of animals and um, encapsulates them, unless that is your... um, deep listening and having loving speech with a parrot. I was thinking about that, Um, (laughs) which is our second mindfulness training. But but I I thought I'd give the animals some love, and I've been really thinking about them a lot. Um, I became a vegetarian about two and a half years ago, partly inspired by this training. And when my friends would start asking me, um, oh, are you going to go vegan or are you a vegan? I would say, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) 
Um, I had no interest in the hardships and the kind of burden and inconvenience of being a vegan. Um, and I'm like, vegetarian is far enough for me. I feel very good with my placement. Um, and, and then I um, attended a documentary um, that was shown at the Roxy that Jennifer James helped bring um, called Dominion. Um, it is a, I just get goosebumps just saying the title. Um, it's a very powerful documentary. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there's others like it that, that show the, um, the behind the scenes of, um, animal production and the animal industry, um, and the animal lives that are um, sustaining industries that are in food and clothing and beauty products and cleaning products. Um, and the next day, I went for a walk with my friend in the woods. We strung up a hammock, had a little picnic inside the hammock. Everything kind of slid to the middle. If you've ever tried to have a picnic inside the hammock, it's not a great spot. Um, and we were enjoying some vegan cheese that was, um, for, that was given to me at the show. And I was telling him about Dominion. And he said, um, yeah, my, my roommates are vegan, but I could never go vegan. I love cheese. And it's, it's such a small comment. And the reason I remember it, it was, it was like my voice, I was hearing my voice said back to me, I... I cannot count the number of times I've expressed that same sentiment, this like deep love of cheese. Um, but all of a sudden, as it was said back to me, it changed. Um, all, all of a sudden, I had this awareness of the suffering that produces cheese. Um, and um, it didn't... I didn't have that like deep love that I could, um, I can still say I love cheese, but now when I say that, I also know the suffering that's involved, um, that's in there. Um, and so I, I don't achieve veganism in every meal, every day. I'm far from, um, I do eat food that is prepared for me, um, that was cooked in butter, made with eggs, may contain milk. Um, but when I eat those foods, I'm more aware of the suffering that's on my plate. Um, and therefore, when I get control over what's on my plate and um, create the meal myself, I lean away from that suffering. I, um, I lean into a plant-based diet. I've, that's what I've been, um, kind of seeing my vegan practice as now is, um, it's like being in a cold room, but in the corner, there's a space heater. So I'm like leaning towards it, moving towards it. Um, and by practicing, uh, inner being and, um, fully seeing the lives of animals, I've found that I've had to practice more with inner being with people um, because I had 
no idea. I'm really coming at this from a novice perspective, and I have learned that the word vegan and veganism um, is a big trigger word for people. Um, and so I'm, I, I guess I should have prefaced this talk, and I'm sorry I didn't if that is a trigger word for anyone in this room. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I've, I've learned that it brings up a lot of what this training talks about. It brings up um, anger. It brings up fear. It brings up intolerance. Um, I hosted a vegan, vegetarian, friendly Friendsgiving this year, um, and it was really encouraged um, to, for people to bring vegan or vegetarian plates. Um, it was very sweet. Some people had never knowingly cooked a vegan entree, and they were like, oh, I did it. Um, it's very exciting. And I, I was saddened to find out later that my coworker had confided in me that um, her partner did not want to attend because he did not want to speak to any vegans. Um, and I was a little baffled and also just really sad to think that he didn't wish to attend maybe out of a fear of being judged or a fear of um, standing out or not feeling welcomed. Um, and it, it helped me kind of see into this world, um, more. And, and I can say that there's, there's judgments on all sides. And, um, and I caught myself, um, recently having a judgment. Um, I was spending time with a friend and, um, they criticized a buffalo, a taxidermied buffalo bust that was on a wall. And um, later that day, they ate meat. And I was a little like, um, didn't, didn't see the difference. And when I caught myself with that judgment of like, oh, they don't like taxidermy, but they put meat on their plate, um, I kind of like laughed out loud at myself, like, oh, like catching it. And um, what I think about is uh, something I take from Marie Kondo's book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Um, 2020, declutter people. Um, she says that if you go to someone else's house and you start like decluttering for them, it's an indication that you have decluttering work to do. Um, and so I thought that when um, this judgment about the uh, taxidermy came up, I thought, I have more to do. Um, um, and that practice is slow for me because I want it to be sustaining. I want it to be nurturing, and I don't want to be critical of myself. But I, I recognize that I wear coats with goose down. I recognize I wear wool socks. I recognize that there's still animal byproducts on my plate. Um, and kind of speaking to how it is difficult because there is so much inner being and intertwining into our lives today um, and how society is kind of built. Um, I brought one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite books by Thich Nhat Hanh. The Art of the Buddha's Teachings. Um, and when I read this passage, uh, gosh, 
weeks, months ago, it really stood out to me, and I wanted to include it in my talk because um, it's one of my one of my favorites. And um, it's Thich Nhat Hanh speaking to um, a man facing a dilemma. <clears throat> Suppose a farmer who sells his cattle as meat wants to receive the five mindfulness trainings. He wants to know if he can in light of the first training to protect life. He feels that he gives his cattle the best conditions for their well-being. He even operates his own slaughterhouse so that there is no unnecessary cruelty inflicted on the animals when he puts an end to their lives. He inherited his farm from his father, and he has a family to support. This is a dilemma. What should he do? His intentions are good, but he has inherited his farm and his habit energies from his ancestors. Every time a cow is slaughtered, it leaves an impression on his consciousness, which will come back to him in dreams, during meditation, or at a moment of death. It is right livelihood to look after his cows so well while they are alive. He has the wish to be kind to his cows, and he also wants the security of a regular income for himself and his family. He should continue to look deeply and practice mindfulness with his local sangha. As his insight deepens, the way out of the situation where he finds himself killing to make a living will, pre will present itself. I read that passage because it reminds me that these trainings are not prescriptive. There is not um, a, what's your dilemma? Here's your prescription. Here's what you need to do. Here's the way out. Um, it is hard. It takes time. It takes looking at it and just continuing to look at it. Um, and for me, um, Again, it's like that being in a cold room with a space heater that I just continue to lean towards. And that's what I'm going to continue to do is to lean towards it um, because it gives me warmth and it gives me comfort to lean towards it. Um, one thing that has helped me grateful, uh, great, uh, greatly in my leaning um, is having a vegan mentor. Um, and if you're interested in... Um, beginning to practice your own lean or just want you have some questions um, that you'd like to have answered um, Jennifer James is my vegan mentor and she's brought some cards um, there's some here that um, will match you with a mentor that could be Jen it could be someone else and then there's also her personal card um, and I will say what it does for me is it um, gives me an outlet to ask questions and not just the big, broad, scary internet um, that has so many answers, I get a little baffled and confused. Um, also gives me ideas for recipes. Um, and if I find like a sticking point of, uh, oh, I love this, um, there's usually uh, a nice alternative that I found that I start to love even more. Um, and it's just nice to have that continuing check-in um, 
because sometimes it's easy to go on autopilot and I appreciate the continuing to lean um, so that I can deepen my practice. So thank you all for listening.